0: Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Hark. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Hilit Madar elfi She's the founder and CEO at Spatially. Haleet, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Good to be here, Kevin.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I I think what you guys are are doing is actually really interesting, and I haven't really heard of anybody kind of playing in that space or or kind of doing what you're doing. But maybe before we kind of get into that, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up.
1: Sure. Um, I am daughter of immigrants, grew up in Philadelphia, moved around a lot. Um, nice. Ended up going to high school back in outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, went to school um, in Pittsburgh at Carnegie Mellon, so somehow stayed at, in Pennsylvania. <laughs>
2: okay, sure.
1: Um, went abroad. Um, you know, started working. Actually, I I finished my undergrad in architecture, so I'm a trained architect.
0: Okay, um, interesting. What um, made you go into that? Several
1: years that? Uh, that was uh, that was the love of my life. That that was um, you know that was the best. Kind of few years of my life that, you know, in terms of design and just exploring and um, just learning so much about human behavior and, you know, what from a design perspective, how you can have that invisible hand that really guides people in terms of, you know, where do you steer them in, you know, different directions physically in terms of in in buildings and, you know, in in the, um, the urban design around it. Sure. And then uh, I started working in the profession, didn't like the profession so much, at least not how I went into it, um, and went back to school, went to grad school, um, went into city planning,
2: um,
1: which uh, I thought was basically going to be a bigger set of architecture, but it wasn't. That got me into um, infrastructure, infrastructure design, Um, but not transportation infrastructure, because that's kind of like a beast of its own. Um, Talking about all the other infrastructures that are out there that really dictate, uh, you know, the the size, the shape of our cities, how we work, Um, It's kind of like the internal organs of of the, um, you know, that biological body that cities are. Um, The history of development is fascinating. Um, uh, You know, the future forecasting of where cities are going has always been fascinating. Um, But I really... Found myself in you know doing the research in the, on the infrastructure side um, and ended up developing ways to evaluate the non-transportation infrastructure systems. Um, so, long story short, um, really thought or actually I should say short story long. Um, really <laughs> thought that um, I would end up in academia. Uh, I ended up doing a PhD in it, got my doctoral. Figured you know I just want to sit and do this research. I loved it so much. Um, worked a lot in GIS, which is geographic information systems. It's kind of like the CAD
0: um, sure. yeah,
1: version yeah. For, for city planning, which, you know, a lot of people know but some don't, um, but realized that academia doesn't want me. So
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I figured,
1: okay, I better, I better find something else. Um, but what I realized in the research that I was doing is that there is so much latent data in the maps that I was developing um, that it it couldn't be that there isn't a way to bring them off of the maps and into people's, you know, desks and, and everyday decision-making. It's just, it almost seems like a waste that there's all that data there and nobody's touching it. Nobody's using it. Um, it's very difficult to access. Um, it's very difficult to know what to do with it. Uh, and that was several years ago, um, started working in the realm, um, Started one company a few years ago um, that had some ideas, but really pulled the plug on it a couple weeks before we wanted to launch. Um, There were some technical issues, scaling issues, um, and I was just really afraid of making a first bad impression and didn't want to do that. So pulled the plug, um, regrouped um, everything from the product to much of the team, um, new direction, uh, new energy, and uh, this is about 18 months ago, launched spatially. And spatially was really geared towards the SMB. Um, that is a market that we felt. Uh, if there was any market out there that could use help, that's the market. And for me, it was a bit of a you know a soft spot just because of my background. Um, just very, being very conscious of place and place making, um, you know the the, the small and medium businesses are uh, a very important part of of that of uh, creating neighborhoods of creating familiarity um, and I think it kind of brings me full circle in what we're doing at spatially today. Um, so I don't know if it was by coincidence or you know it, it just happened that way, but that's that's what we're doing and and um, I feel very fortunate to be able to uh, develop a product uh, for an industry that that you know we could help, but then also uh, you know, being able to work with, with the passion that I have and, and infect my team with hopefully, um, to really stand up for these SMBs, um, and give them, um, you know, information, intelligence, insight so that they can be informed, so they can learn and, uh, help themselves and hopefully grow.
0: No, I, I think that's great. And like, I, I know, like Obviously, there's you have like some kind of similar competitors, but I don't think, at least in my understanding, that you guys do a, like a way more kind of like deeper analysis on kind of the targets and the, and the potential kind of like th- people based on their location. Is that fair to say? Uh,
1: yeah, I think it is fair to say, and I think the reason why we can do something that is not very familiar is because of our collective background in the company okay. um we really come from um you know myself from from a design background from a city planning background
2: Sure,
1: um, we have demographers geographers um we have people with subject matter expertise that comes from uh observing uh human behavior and really understanding um what it is that causes people to behave in a certain way, or um, to be able to understand the trends or yeah. develop those trends. Uh, so that is that's the beginning of understanding and being able to get the right information to make better decisions. And unfortunately, you know, the the term making better decisions is kind of so abstract and empty. But I mean making any kind of decision that anybody needs to make. If it's, you know, where to hang out with friends, where to open a store, where to advertise, um, you know, where to invest, um, you know, due diligence, checking up on assumptions. Um, There's really a lot of um, outlets that location intelligence can support and bolster. Sure. The difficult part is surfacing the right information to the right people or, you know, to the right situation.
0: I sure. W- without probably that's breaking the, the bank too, right?
1: Um yeah, the bank's kind of broken a long time ago, but that's a different story. Well, but I'm talking I mean, about
0: for the users. <laughs> I mean like trying to find like paying for the data to figure out where to put your restaurant or, or whatever it is and the and correct me if I'm wrong cuz the, the, my what I'm about to say is kind of dated, but I worked at McDonald's when I was a teenager and I remember having a conversation with one of the managers at the time that they had data that was basically saying like, okay, if you put a restaurant in this location, you'll make roughly this amount. And they were like pretty accurate within like maybe a few hundred thousand dollars or something a year, which isn't a lot of money if you're considering, you know, a McDonald's makes how much money in a year and and they would pick these things based on this data but actually getting that data obviously like somebody like McDonald's can afford to pay tens of thousands of dollars right. or whatever it is but like somebody like myself if i was opening a restaurant and i was saying well you know i want to open it downtown in this city where should i go like i might not be able to afford tens of thousands of dollars just for that right is that a fair
1: absolutely
0: Th- that was kind of what i was right. getting to that's right, right? That's where right. you guys can that provide sense, that
2: yeah.
1: Yes, so we kind of pride ourselves that, you know, to some extent we're kind of democratizing the data in the sense that it becomes
0: available to others. Sure, sure.
1: Um so that that's yes, that that's
0: yeah. So I I've always found that kind of stuff and that kind of data fascinating to me, right? Like it, it's like I Just how you guys can come up with that to me has always been kind of fascinating and and kind of how the real reason I really want to have you on the show is because I I wanted to learn more about kind of how you guys kind of do that. So do you want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into kind of how do you work with kind of businesses or people looking to actually kind of either – Pick a location, or kind of, you know, bring traffic into their location, and then we'll kind of talk about what you do for kind of the user that or the visitor that actually comes into these places and actually their customers.
1: Sure. So, um, if we start about with the, you know, the the SMB, there's there's a lot for for this small. Uh, for the small business owner, there's a lot for them to do. And, um, the world that we live in kind of says, well, you have to do this, you have to do that. And by the end of the day, they have a list of about 50 to do's and they can really only handle one or two. Right. And at the end of the day, they opened a business because they love what their business does. Running that business, um, is, is obviously a, um, a whole other issue. Sure. Um, so with these businesses, um, often they don't know who their customers are. Sure. And that kind of struck us in the beginning when we started talking to them. One of their first questions was, you know, can you tell me who my customers are? I'm like, dude, don't they walk in through your door? I mean, don't you like see them? Doesn't that, um, you know, you don't talk to them. And um, obviously that, that just that's not enough. Sure. Um, and they don't have necessarily, you know, a whole data set of their customers, right, about names, where they come from, what they do, much like the uh, the larger companies that can do it, right? Because, you know, the larger companies tend to have some sort of loyalty program or, um, you know, some other, excuse me, way of collecting the customer data because they know that if they are not currently using that data, they will have a use for it in the very near future. The SMBs, going back to like democratizing the data, it's very difficult for them to get to that point. Sure. Um, well, where we come in in the First and foremost, uh, for the <coughs> excuse me, for the SMBs is we essentially give them a surrogate of a customer base. So, from observed data and from um, the analysis that we do through location intelligence, we're actually able to identify um, clusters of um, uh, customer populations. Okay. So we know where. Their customers tend to come from. Now we don't know exactly, you know, who Lucy is and who Johnny is and where they live, and we don't want to do that. But we know, you know, where the general traffic comes from, um, and we also know how it behaves. So, from that perspective, we start digging into that customer base and start pulling um, information and insights for the SMB to do two things. One is to first understand segmentation of the population so that they can go comfortably and confidently uh, towards advertising and marketing towards them, meaning that they have some idea of what these people do so that they can target the messaging for them and not just come up with a generic plan and send it out to the ether and hope something comes back, which is generally what happens if they end up doing anything. Um, The other part is a little bit more of a long term uh, because we're looking to establish or help the business owner understand who the personas are of their customers. Okay. So, um, you know, like a daycare center might have one or two different uh, personas. Sure. Um, in terms of, you know, uh, ideal customers. A dry cleaner might have eight.
2: Sure, okay. Um,
1: and that helps them, um, you know, really kind of put an image or, you know, some, um, some characteristics to uh, this concept of who their customer is. And it's all around being able to reach out to them and, and talk to them in a way that is meaningful, that is relevant. So it's targeting the relevant audience and having the, the right message for them. Um, from that, we've extended to two more capabilities, which we're really excited about. One is um, the ability for an SMB to actually test out new products and um, uh, services. Okay. So. Much like digital companies today can test, they can do A/B testing, they can test uh, different flows, different products, uh, and they have ways to gauge which ones are more successful and which ones are not. Brick and mortars have no way of doing that, and, unless they actually invest in bringing the inventory or developing the program and then seeing if it runs, by then sometimes it's just too late. I mean, they're, they're you know they spent you know thousands of dollars, if not tens of thousands of dollars, and it's just not panning out the way they thought. Um, we think we have the ability, again, by targeting the right people or the right customers um, to help them test out these products and services before they actually make an investment. So very much like you would have signups on a digital product and there might not be a product there at all, but at least uh, you know, the, that startup um, or um, um, the online company can gauge what the interest is. Um, and then that goes back to the SMB and they can say, wow, you know, this one service really you know, caught on. This other one really wasn't working. So guess which one they're going to pick. That goes back to bringing location intelligence into everyday decision making. Right. Sure. That's one. The other one is um, if they're you know, lucky enough, they see growth um, and they're working at it and um, everything is going right for them. The next step, uh, logically, is to open another location or a third location or a sixth location or whatever it is. Um, That gets tricky, too, because often enough, they're at the mercy of um, an agent of some sort uh, or, you know, believe it or not, a brother-in-law or, you know, a family member, I should say, or a friend that all means well, but they just don't have all the information that that owner needs in order to make a decision besides a gut instinct, which we think is very important, but that cannot be the end-all be-all of any type of investigation, right? You need to have some data to, 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 to hang your hat on, to understand where you're going for So when they're looking at new locations, and we're actually um, working with a couple of um, uh, users uh, on this, They have targeted um, or they've identified about, um, in this one particular case, seven different locations. Okay. That is, and traditionally the way that, you know, SMBs, when they go look for a new store, they do weeks and months of legwork, talking to everybody, which they need to, but literally sitting in the car counting the parking uh, spots available, seeing who's passing by, who's walking by, who does. all that. They're literally sitting for weeks in their car trying to observe the data until they become comfortable and almost convince themselves which is the right location? Again, that's still you know a cumul- um cumulated gut instincts, basically, is what it is, right? Sure. Um, so we kind of extend the same concept of testing products and uh, services with these locations. So we would set up campaigns for these new locations, and you know see what the response is. And lo and behold, we do see that you know a handful of those potential locations receives way above um you know any of the other locations a strong response so that starts to to become um you know information and and data to start working plus you know if they choose to open up one of those locations they already have some people that are interested that have showed interest and intent so you can start reaching out to them and build your customer base before you actually you know sign the lease so how do Um, you collect
0: that data though like so i say i want to try these five locations and I want to open a coffee shop hypothetically, right? How do you mm-hmm. provide me which is the best location? Like how does that kind of whole all work? Is it kind of algorithm based or kind of walk me through that?
1: There, there's a lot of algorithms involved. There's lots of steps involved. Um, there is, uh, um, you know, a lot of this is also kind of uh, in, in the secret sauce of what we do. Okay. Um, so, um, Uh, but there is, um, you know, there's an existing analysis that allows us to collect data about the existing location. However, when you transfer that to another location, things don't necessarily uh, convert apples to apples. So we need to make the right adjustments for a new location. Okay. Um, There's, there's, you know, there are ways of doing it. Um, And uh, what we're trying to accomplish is collecting the data and analyzing the data and doing this at scale. But in addition, it gives the user, um, um, we have so many learnings from so many different users that uh, it, it, it it's kind of been um, um, a well-vetted process, if you may, um, okay. to, under, to identify who these location, where these locations are.
0: Sure, okay, interesting, and then obviously as you guys like grow and expand, like the more data you get, you can make predictions and recommendations and it just kind of keeps growing and growing. Correct.
1: Yes. Um, the next level of, you know, from the work that we do, um, which is not necessarily, you know, in the product that we'd be launching soon. Um, this is work that we do currently, um, you know, uh, on the backend, um, is, uh, we're working with, um, uh, companies that do loans that create loans for small and medium businesses, oh,
2: interesting. um,
1: with their due diligence. So, um, you know, if Joe's shop comes in and says, look, I want, you know, to borrow $50,000, I want to, you know, increase, uh, the products because I think there's a market for this. Then the, the, you know, the, the lending, um, uh, institution can come and actually check up and see, well, what does Johnny's market actually look like? Um, and is, is the market really there? Can he really um, do what he's, he's trying to accomplish? Um, and at least it, it gives them kind of a, a baseline, um, something besides uh, working off of zip codes and boundaries that really have no connection with reality.
0: Right. So. Well, you're like a trusted third party, right, that like has in your best interest to give him the best data and then he can go take it to the bank and say like here i'm using this third party they're telling me that everything i'm trying to do works right and here's the data to prove it right where it's not like he's just like look i i sat around in the parking lot for you know three weeks at these five locations and i think i can get these many this many people through the door right like it's the, the data, that's it's right. a, hell of a lot easier to go in with a bunch of data saying like, look, I can prove this, right? Instead of just like, and I And then there's uh, also, yeah.
1: yes. And then there's also the ability to compare. So I think mm. this location is going to do because this other location, which is very similar to mine, you know, sees this kind of traffic or,
2: sure, sure. Um, you know,
1: that, that's where, you know, I was kind of alluding to, you know, the vetted process where we have data all over. I mean, literally coast to coast, um, so we have the ability to um, to you know to benchmark and to um, understand what the trends are, um, you know what the minimum, what the maximum, what's kind of acceptable, what's normal, what's average, and what's average in Boston might not be average in Miami.
0: Sure, we
2: find
1: that all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Sure, right. well, and yeah. Then, yeah. Like I'm assuming also, obviously, different geographic locations have wildly different weather. So like. Time of year could probably be heavily affected by certain things too, because if there's like snow or it's sunny all the time, is that a factor at all?
1: Um, realistically, it is a factor, but bec- you know it depends what you're comparing. So if you're comparing, um, you know, like Boston with, Mi- with Miami in the months of January and February, um, you might. expect... Expect different trends, but they're relative. And that's what's important is is understanding the relativity, because our world is not a world of absolutes, it's a world of of relativity. Um, And that's kind of the core of, of everything that
0: we do. Okay, no, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess, hey, because then, then you could also provide data based on where I'm like, if I Okay, like, say, hypothetically, I start my little coffee shop in Boston, and then I'm like, well, okay, I want to open up a Miami location. You're mm-hmm. going to give me data that's relevant to like opening up in Miami, which could be quite a bit that's different right. to the Boston. Yeah. That's interesting. I never really thought about that, but okay. it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. So the, the big difference again to, you know, understanding where we're coming from that gives us, I think, a competitive edge is um, because our focus is the the local component and because of our background. We understand that local really means unique. And sure. even if you are a chain that's coming from Boston, coming down to me, um, you know, from, from uh, the corporate perspective, that needs to be consistent. So you, you know that the quality must be the same. Um, maybe the decor needs to be somewhat the same. But there are unique features and elements in every single market that should be addressed in sure. order, you know, to, to really come into and be part of that location. So um, uh, I've written a couple of articles on this and just is just, you know, something that keeps coming up, this, this idea of what local is. Um, and we're looking at it from the SMB storefront local, which doesn't move. <laughs> it sure. stays there day after day, um, where the larger brands uh, and corporations, uh, for them local is really, you know, where their customers are, which can be anywhere.
0: Sure. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Well and then I would also maybe this is a bad example, but I, I take something like Jack in the Box or something. Like I know like on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, there's you can like walk up to like a like it's not like a it's like a walk-up window, right? Where obviously you could mm-hmm. do something like that in Southern California. But you probably don't want to do that in somewhere that gets snow half the year or three quarters of the year, right? So, would, do you guys kind of dive that deep into, or like Miami, like if you're a beach location, you might want to have these kind of things, or if you're kind of you know a few blocks in from the beach, it could be quite different, and you're going to get different clientele based on you know maybe even a few blocks difference because you know obviously like people that live closer to the beach might be different than people that are a little bit further inland is that something that's relevant
1: it could very well be relevant absolutely so um you know if you need a certain like some businesses thrive being close to um, medical offices and hospitals and those types of health institutions okay um we want to make sure that we're placing them close to that
0: interesting but
1: not all places yeah go ahead
0: uh well i was just going to say like What types of businesses do well near kind of those locations, just out of curiosity, like fast food, coffee shops?
1: Um, Restaurants always do well because you have, you know, a tremendous amount of staff that works in in hospitals, but also people visiting. Sure, Um, You have obviously all the supplies. Um, I'm pretty amazed at how few hotels there are and good hotels there are around um, hospitals just because – you know, especially the, the the more specialized hospitals or the, the, the larger hospitals that people come from, you know, far sure. away distances. Sure. Um, uh, and even, you know, believe it or not, maternity wards, um, but that, that kind of takes us completely off. Um,
0: no, totally. But that, the, that's, that's the kind subject. of interesting, though, right? Because it, it just, I think even just like sitting here talking, like it gets the audience thinking about the types of stuff that you guys provide data on, right? And I, I think i didn't even think of that to be honest and so well
1: yeah we we build our world to create the awareness of location and what's around it now most of us kind of take it for granted we just don't stop to think about it because we have we we haven't had to um but lately uh you know the way that we've changed in our day-to-day behavior i think location and and, you know it's, it's all over the place location is becoming much more important because you know, we can work from home, we can order from home, mm-hmm. we, we can do absolutely everything from home right now. So sure. arguably, the only reason why you would leave your home is to do something of recreational value, or uh, social, um, or, you know, if, if there's physically something that needs to happen outside, like, you know, getting a haircut, for example.
2: Sure.
1: Um, but so, you know, if you're actually going out, that time and where you are becomes precious and sure. people are going to be picky or pickier where they can go, depending on what the experience is. Sure. Um, and that could very well be why, you know, one of the reasons, only one maybe a small reason why malls are not doing as well as they could, because the experience is just, it, you can't. It, it's very difficult to uh, compete with the experience of, Um, you know, uh, a street on, on, you know, Main Street in a smaller town that has these quaint stores and people know each other's names. And, you know, that's the complete, you know, uh, other extreme of it. But um, when we're out and about, we've become much more aware of the experience uh, of, you know, what we're getting um, for the the trip that we're on.
0: No, I think that's... Yeah, no, I I Mm -hmm. think that's great and actually really interesting to me because I think it seems to me... That we're kind of at the beginning of almost like a, a bit of a revolution around bringing technology kind of back into the real world. And I think you guys are on to that, right? Because I, I would put like Amazon seems to be kind of a bit at the forefront of that where, yeah, they were online for so long. And now, you know, they're they're opening these little stores, they just bought Whole Foods, and so they're actually moving back into kind of these brick-and-mortar type businesses. And I think yeah. you guys are providing that data to bring technology kind of into the physical world, and I, and I love that about what you guys are doing. I think that's kind of fascinating to me, right? And I think Amazon's kind of the perfect example of a company as well that, that would leverage kind of data that you guys provide – to actually open a new kind of store or location or whatever they're looking to do or somebody like them, Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of data that those companies have is just insane. And um, there's a lot of data out there. You know, it's gotten to the point where data is not the problem. It's, it's what to do with it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, and that's, that, that's kind of what we're really interested in. Um, so th- th- there's just simply a lot, a lot of data there.
0: Sure. And then I guess it's, you guys would compile the data into a nice interface that's relevant to what I'm trying to do because I don't really care if like I should open a grocery store three blocks from my house when I'm trying to open a coffee shop or or something, right? Like, so you find all this data online. It's hard to curate that into something or it's so time-consuming to make it relevant to what I'm trying to do or whoever's trying to do, correct? That's right.
1: It's very very difficult, correct.
0: Okay, so I'm kind of curious then... Is there anything that you guys do from the consumer side? Like, okay, I open my coffee shop. Is there anything that you guys do to get kind of consumers into the store, or like I download something or or get something, you know, either digitally or or in my mailbox, saying I should come to this coffee shop now, or or how does that kind of work, or does it work at all? At
1: the well, at at the moment, we're really working to serve the SMB directly. Okay. Um, you know, kind of delving into their world. Um, We don't have contact with their customers. That's um, not always necessarily welcomed. Um, You know, they worked hard to get those customers. So we let them, um, you know, manage it how they see fit. Um, But at this point, we're we're not doing anything on their behalf directly to the customer.
0: Okay. No, that that's interesting. Yeah, and I guess that's like a whole other kind of vertical and can of worms to open, right? If you ever decide to open, it'll
1: be an interesting one. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. Okay.
0: That's fair. So, I'm I'm kind of curious though. Is there kind of ongoing analytics or data that you can provide to these businesses once they've picked a location and actually open, or is it kind of done?
1: No, absolutely. I mean, so there's, there's a couple of different stages um, or, or um, um, kind of situations that SMBs are in. One is, you know, Virgin Territory, never opened up a store. This is the first store. Don't really know what my market looks like. Let's start testing it out.
2: Okay. Another
1: one is, you know, um, my store, um, it's not quite what I wanted or it's working well, but now you need to, you need to own it you need to grow it. Um, and you know, this kind of, you know, we believe for whatever it's worth, you know, every place has something to offer. It's a matter of understanding what it is and capitalizing on it. Uh, and if we can help, um, the SMBs, the owners, the business owners, um, identify what that is, then they're much better off.
2: Sure. Um,
1: instead of working, you know, against stream, they can be working with stream, um, so that's another situation. And then, um, you know, the third one is, you know, I have this location, it's rocking it's, it's, and I want to open more. Um, and then there's a series of other questions that come up. Um, where do I open is, is the big one. Um, do I stay in the same market? Do I move into a new market? Um, how big is my market? So at what point do I reach saturation? Um, uh, at what point do I start cannibalizing my own business, which, you know, is an interesting –
0: if you have
1: that problem, you know, that's not a bad problem to have, but you're going to have to make some difficult choices.
2: Okay, um, interesting.
1: And, um, and then, you know, realistically, again, going back to longer-term strategic thinking, you know, how big is this market? What What is the cap of the market that I'm actually looking at? So, you know, when, when businesses are trying to do, a, you know, to forecast, and I think, you know, we can grow by, you know, X, X amount of, of customers. Well, what's the total? What, what's that universe actually look like? Are you, you know, are you really small? Are you aiming really low? Are you just, you know, at some point, you're not going to have that many more customers? You're going to have to develop new products and services, which is completely fine. Um, but just to understand where those uh, kind of thresholds are, where those markers are, Is tremendously beneficial for any business, you know, a startup or an existing business, as we constantly have to change and grow and, um, you know, evolve.
0: Sure. No, I I think that's fascinating. And I I love kind of how you guys do that on a whole spectrum. But one other thing that I'm kind of curious about is you have a a developer API. And so for the people listening, Mm -hmm. what kind of things can, you know, developers, use the API for?
1: Honestly, wherever their imagination and their creativity goes. Okay. Um, And that's kind of the, um, the curse and the blessing of location intelligence. Okay. Um, A lot of it gets built around real estate and real estate applications. um, That tends to be low hanging fruit.
2: Sure.
1: Um, The uh, restaurant industry is also, um, have more involved in it um it's just really familiar to just about everybody um and uh you know there is it's really you know the sky's the limit what you can do with it okay it's it's agnostic to um you know no, I, the data is yeah. It, it's 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 about the location. Whatever you want to do, you know, in and around and for that location is is up to you.
0: Okay, and then you guys just how do you guys kind of price that, or is it kind of based on what kind of data they want to pull and how much they want to pull from you guys?
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's straight up API calls. I don't remember. Um, um, you know, the uh, it depends on what the data is actually.
0: Okay. that's so some yeah, of those that's calls kind of are of what very, very
1: expensive. Sure. Yeah. Some of those calls are really expensive, and some of them are, are, I think even free.
0: Okay. So you, free. basically it's like a case by case basis, which is what I kind of figure because yeah. that's how most yeah. APIs yeah. that actually charge for do it. But, but I'm curious then to get back to the actual kind of product. How do you guys kind of charge for, you know, kind of helping these businesses find locations and and their kind of market and whatnot.
1: So in the product, that's actually part of our big launch in October um, that we're very excited about. In September, we have a soft launch um, specifically for our Spatially Ads. In October, we'll be launching what we call Spatially Connect, which is a much broader um, set of capabilities, tools, and features.
2: Um,
1: And uh, if you're looking to open a new location, that uh, will become available um, at you know at that later stage um, but it's once you're kind of through the product so um, it'll be there
0: okay no I, I think that's that's great so do you maybe want to kind of walk us through a little bit how the ads kind of work and then kind of what you're going to be launching or is it still kind of early on
1: um, no we have you know the yeah to try to kind of simplify it um, sure. You know, when somebody comes on our platform uh, to create an ad, um, there's very little information that we need. And part of what we're trying to do is kind of streamline and take a lot of the uh, the guesswork or the prep work out of it. Um, you know, again, we always have, you know, the baker in our head with, you know, flour on his hands. Um, you know, he just came up with this, or she came up with this fantastic idea for this new quiche. And, you know, she wants to test out to see who's ready for Friday quiche. So, you know, she can go on our... Um, um on our platform, and literally I think in like three or different entries, set a budget, and away she goes, and the ad is out um so the way that the ad works in a more involved process is the business owner sets up an account um by putting in their business name um the address, and uh the industry that they're in because we um build their the the data that they get um, and where the ads get served um, has a lot to do with the industry that they're in. So, um, you know, ice cream stores don't have the same audience necessarily as, um, you know, cobblers sure, um, or, um, uh, I don't know, you know, hair salons or, or, um, you know, pet groomers. Sure. So we we ask for the industry. um, And then what happens is that uh, the user receive on a map, they get to see, you know, obviously they see what their location is, but then they also see clusters of where um, their customers are coming from. Um, these customers, uh, we have them segmented then. Or first of all, they they get to um, the the number, how many actually customers they have. So some of them they have like forty nine hundred customers you know that visit their area on a regular basis in some cases it can be 12,000 could be 40,000 but at least they have that kind of target numbers so that they know once my advertising is out how much is actually coming back and then help them gauge you know is that a good campaign a successful campaign or it wasn't maybe I need to change things so we try to always give them something to look at to gauge against again going back to that world of being relative and not absolute
2: sure.
1: um, but from those clusters of of customers uh, we know that there are three specific types. One is the group of customers that actually come to that business area and, and are there for whatever duration. Either they work in that area or, um, you know, they, they regularly run an errand there, um, like going to a supermarket or picking up the, you know, um, the dry cleaning And, or are they dropping off a kid at school? So that area, they have a high level of engagement. Um, Those are probably the best first customers to go after. Obviously, they're not all your, you know, that business customers,
2: Um, but
1: those people already have a high level of engagement and you want to capitalize on that. That's, that's first and foremost. The next um, set uh, of segmentation are um, the customers or potential customers at that point that pass through that area but don't have a reason yet to stop so either that area is you know the most scenic for them to drive through on their way somewhere or it's you know it's, it's, it's their route that they usually take for whatever reason um, that's the kind of second tier of customers that you want to try to entice to bring them in um, give some kind of an offering understanding that they have as of now or as of the moment that is being advertised there's no reason for them to stop. So you, you give them a reason to come in and say, hi, the third, um, is actually a fun one because, uh, traditionally the way these businesses have been marketing is by drawing a ring, a one mile, two mile, five mile ring to understand, uh, what their market looks like. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, um, conceptual market. It's not, um, necessarily observed it's a possibility but we've gotten away from the rings. Um, today we have available drive times which are basically more sophisticated rings but instead of you know as the crow flies it's basically you know whatever designation time drive so a 10 minute drive time a 15 minute drive time five minute drive time whatever it is that drive time tells us that people within that polygon um you know have equal access to your location. Um, However, if you subtract all the people that are actually stopping or driving by, there's a whole slew of people, and we see this all the time, um, that are never in your area at all. So that's kind of like your third level of customers that you might want to, you know, ask them or find out where are they going. And we have that data as well. Once you get to that stage, we can start opening that up and saying, well, where are all these people going to? Why aren't they coming to your area? You know, do they have better places to go to? Um, it could be your competitor as well. Um, and you can target them
2: Interesting. equally.
1: So we have those uh, segmentations. We call that our local graphics, which is um, our own proprietary segmentation. Um, it's, it's, it really um, is an evolution from demographics, uh, which is kind of like natural born traits to some extent, or just our basic characteristics, then we have you know, developed, a, you know, psychographics of understanding what the values are and what their preferences are. And if they prefer to go on a cruise or they prefer a sea trip or, you know, they prefer one magazine over another. But then we take it into um, this realm of spatial behavior. Where are people moving about? What are they doing? Um, you know, if anything, that shows a lot of intent because we could all be sitting home also. So there's a reason why these people are out. There's a reason why they are in the areas that they're in. And that's what um, we're digging into with the local graphics. At first and foremost, understanding these three simple segmentations um, and then going from there.
0: No, I, that's that's fascinating. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great. You're spinning. <laughs> no, no, I, yeah, I, I, I love it. And but But sadly, we're out of time. So let's okay. close the show with mentioning where people can get more information about you guys and any kind of social media or other links that you want to mention?
1: Sure. Um, social media links, we have... Um, uh, sorry, hold on. I'm drawing a blank right now. Sure. It looks um,
0: like you guys are on Facebook and LinkedIn. And we're on Twitter Facebook, and, for
1: sure. Um, yeah, and, we're, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram. Um, we're at spatially.com. Um, We have a blog called Think Spatially. Um, There's uh, articles that I post on LinkedIn, which are, you know, lengthier articles, but they're very informative. Um, And um, uh, our Twitter account is Think Spatially. And um, we use the hashtag SMBMB a lot, which is small and medium brick and mortar business.
0: Sure. And it's S P A T I dot com. just for people that are looking for kind of the spelling of it
1: exactly but yes
0: exactly I, well thanks for taking time out of your day to be on the show and i look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day
1: thanks kevin likewise nice Thank. talking to you take Thank care you. everyone okay bye. bye
0: thanks for listening the music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. And keep them in the future.